The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Congressman Brian Babin, he serves the people of the great state of Texas in District 36. He served on the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee and House Science, Space, and Technology Committee. Mr. Babin, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, thank you, Chris. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Oh, well, thank you, sir. And I know you, you've got votes scheduled, so I'm going to try to be as, as quickly as, as, as I possibly can here. Uh, the House votes down a bill to reverse Obama-era transgender military policies. Now, I have identified this. I know you have and several other folks have said the wrong place to do social engineering is, is in tinkering around with it is in the United States military in our national defense. How disappointed are you in this? Oh, I'm just, uh, just greatly, greatly disappointed and stunned. Well, we only lost the vote by five votes. If we could have uh, convinced three other ones uh, to change their votes, uh, I think we could have reversed this. We're not through yet, Chris. Uh, this is something we're still working on. I'm a veteran of the Army and Air Force. Uh, my oldest son was a Navy SEAL. Uh, I've talked to numerous military uh, military personnel who have been complaining about this transgender uh, policy, and uh, it is absolutely contrary to what the military is all about. Uh, As you said, social experimentation in our military is the absolute wrong place for this, Uh, and and not only from a standpoint of morality, uh, but just common sense. From a fiscal standpoint, we're going. Do we actually want in these days of shortages and the military shrinking? Uh, do we want to spend over three billion dollars of the taxpayers' money of our military funds uh, for for elective transgender surgeries? I, I don't think so. And then uh, what I'm what I'm hearing from some of these the mid-level commanders uh, is that when they are approached by one of their personnel that decides he wants to be transgendered. Uh, he immediately has to go into uh, a sequence of events that uh, basically he loses that person uh, for a minimum of two years uh, because of this uh, sequence of uh, things that are going to have to happen, uh, whether it be uh, hormonal therapy, the, the actual surgery, you have to, uh, you have to counsel them. And uh, they don't re- they don't replace these these uh, these military members who are, are being transgendered. They're still on the payroll. You don't get to use them. Uh, they have uh, hormonal shifts uh, with this therapy and mood swings or growing their hair out or uh, who knows what all is going on there. Uh, and they do not. They just simply have to do without that person. And uh, yeah. criti- we're already in critical shortages right now. So they're complaining very, very much about this. The policy is a disaster, should not be in the military, and uh, we're not through with it yet, Chris. Well, you know, and this, this, this dovetails perfectly into what I, well, uh, another question I want to talk to you about, I'm going to talk with the listeners after you get off the air, is, you know, uh, what you just experienced with, with five people, five, and I'm assuming they were Republicans, uh, not coming onto your side and 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 dealing away with this thing that is and I've seen the studies that say that this undermines the readiness of our military. Let's let's pivot to health care. You've got uh, Senator Collins. You've got Lisa Murkowski. You've got Senator Portman and Shelley Capito, Senator Capito. 
it, it leads many of us to question, and I, and I don't know why more Republicans aren't questioning, what does it mean to be a Republican these days? You know, the unifying principle of left-wing extremism from the other party is, uh, it unites them, they're collectivists by nature. Uh, but th- there doesn't seem to be a unifying principle in the, in the Republican Party, it, it, which leads many of the constituencies t- to ask the question, what do you guys stand for? Are you asking this question of your colleagues up on Capitol Hill? And give us some insight. What does the Republican Party these days stand for? Well, <clears throat> let me tell you something. I thought, uh, I think you can look at most of the platforms of, uh, of state Republican parties and the national platform, and we stand for lower taxes, less government, family values, uh, uh, an increased uh, military uh, back to full strength, uh, and secure borders. These are the things we believe in. And traditional that's what family I thought. That's, values. That's what I thought. But then you've got Senator Collins, Lisa Murkowski, Senator Portman, and Senator Capito saying, "Hey, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, we like all that liberty and freedom stuff, but we want uh, we want uh, Medicaid. We want we want the government. We want the government to continue to subsidize the states and subsidize the tax or the insurance companies with taxpayer money. It's like it's a complete and utter betrayal. It's it's it seems counterintuitive to what we were told the Republican Party stands for." Well, and what it's going to do, if we leave the taxes in there and the insurance regs and, and much of the framework of Obamacare, uh, it's going to lead to, um, you know, higher premiums. It's, or at least, let's put it this way, if it doesn't lead to higher premiums, we're not going to get that much of a premium drop. Yeah. Uh, we've got to give people choice. Uh, it, it is insanity for the federal government to decide through, through, through these insurance regs uh, what you and your family need as far as insurance coverage. They're mandating. These insurance regs require uh, maternity insurance for everybody, uh, drug rehab monies. And these are the types of things that I don't think uh, the average family needs, especially if, let's say, if you're a, a 30-year-old male. Why do you need to have maternity insurance or a 60-year-old <laughs> woman? Uh, yeah, or just, a 75-year-old male or something like No, I, I, I understand exactly what you're talking about. By the way, Congressman Brian Babin is our guest right now, folks. 36th Congressional District in the great state of Texas. L- let me go through a scenario, and I want you to react to this okay. scenario because we, we've laid it out uh, on the program. You're sitting in your office one day, and let's say that this, this Senate uh, idea of adding $70 billion of taxpayer money to this payoff to the insurance companies, and it joins a $127 billion pot of money that's already there. So you're looking at $200 billion. And you're a fiscal Republican, a fiscally sane Republican, and you're trying to work to stop all of these taxpayer uh, 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 the funding going to a private, uh, the private insurance companies. And here comes an insurance representative and says, hey, you know what, Congressman Babin, you know, we had this slush fund set up uh, that had the Congress of the United States uh, extortion money buying down the premiums for for uh, your constituents here to the tune of two hundred billion dollars. And now we hear, Congressman, you're 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 trying to do away with that taxpayer money coming into our private industry. We would sure hate to see your constituents see an increase in their rates, uh, uh, Congressman, because that wouldn't work out very well for you in your reelection bid. Can you conceive of that scenario if we go down this failed Obamacare road that so many in that Senate want to take us down? Well, you know, it's the way uh, Obamacare is simply unsustainable. It was foisted upon us 
the Democrats uh, lied and they were disingenuous the way they pushed it down the Republicans and the uh, and the American people's throats. And now they're they're trying to tell us uh, they're naysayers constantly. They're not not one Democrat is going to help us. Uh, and they're saying you need to keep it. Uh, you need to you need to improve it. But uh, that's disingenuous because the American people didn't want it to begin with. Uh, it's an abject failure. It's going down. It won't be long before there are no insurance companies in there because there's, they're not going to be able to uh, to turn a profit. And so uh, I have a, a huge problem with a $70 billion, uh, I call it a bailout fund, uh, mm-hmm. to try to buy these these premiums down. And if you, could, if you could open up the market and give freedom and allow market forces to reign supreme and and uh, have a bottom-up where people will get to, to decide what they want uh, as far as their, in, their insurance policies cover, uh, I think you're going to get a lowering of premiums. I think the government getting involved and subsidizing uh, and, buy, as you said, buying down these premiums is mm-hmm. the absolute wrong way to fix something uh, in, the, in the United States of America. We are the home of capitalism. The market works. I agree. I, you know, I got about, hey, Congressman, I got about 30 seconds. I'll just uh, give some advice to your constituents and to others out there uh, who are listening. When when uh, elected leaders say that that $200 billion, uh, what they call a stabilization fund, is temporary, should the American people believe the United States Senate when they say that $200 billion slush fund is temporary? Should we believe them? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a crystal ball, uh, Chris. But all I can tell you is it's very, very difficult, as we're seeing, uh, to get rid of a, a government uh, benefit or handout uh, once, once it's been in effect for a while. We've had Obamacare for seven and a half years. We campaigned yep. to get rid of this thing. I and, know. Uh, I know. absolutely must. Failure is not an option here. We must deliver the pro- on the promises that we've made. And uh, the senators need to, to, to pa- pass a reasonably conservative uh, a bill that will give freedom uh, back to the American people and lower premiums for, uh, All right. for, for U.S. citizens. Congressman Brian Babin, everybody, 36th Congressional District in Texas, sir. Appreciate the time, as always. Get to those votes, sir. Uh, and we Absolutely. appreciate you being here. Okay. Thank you, Chris. God bless.